Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have a really special, unique podcast episode for you. I'm calling it Birth Not Required, because many times people make assumptions that unless you've had a baby, you should not be supporting pregnant folks, or how can you possibly relate to what someone feels when they're going through birth? And in full disclosure, I had prenatal yoga center for 20 years before I had my first child. I was a labor support doula. I was obviously a prenatal yoga teacher and I was a Maz teacher. And sometimes I had people say, but you're not going to understand what I'm going through. And it's true. I might not experience their experience or know exactly what they're going through. But even after I had two kids, I could only relate to what my experience was, and that may not be what their experience would be. So I have Jessica Lurian on, and let me tell you a little bit about her. So Jessica has spent the past 12 years as a professional actor and voiceover artist in New York City, and now she is the host and producer of Mamas in Training podcast. She supports pregnant folks and aspiring parents on their journey into parenthood. And what's really unique about Jessica is she has not had her own kids. She's very much a mama in training. She is learning about all the options that she's excited to perhaps participate in as she has her own kids. But as she learns this, she's also sharing it with her community. So she is supporting and helping parents train for their big event, their big excursion into parenthood. And it's a really wonderful, unique, interesting, and rich conversation that I think you're going to get a lot out of. Now, before we hear Jessica's conversation, I want to share a few things going on at Prenatal Yoga Center. So head over to our website. And what I think you'll notice is we have a brand new website. It is so pretty. I am so excited. But go ahead while you're there and grab your free downloadable, Five Simple Solutions to the Most Common Pregnancy Pain. So if your back hurts or your neck hurts or your hips hurt and you can't quite make it to class that day, I've 
got something there that can help. But you can, maybe you do want to go to class that day. And that's great because we have classes seven days a week. So feel free to jump into one of our classes and say hi. Also, I want to thank everybody that has left a rating and review because it's helped people find the podcast. And that means a lot to me because my whole purpose is to support you. Now, with that said, I also want to know what conversations I haven't had. Is there a topic I haven't covered? If there's something I haven't shared yet, or maybe you want to hear a different perspective, let me know. So when I know the topic you want to hear and I haven't covered it, I will do the best I can to find an expert to speak on that. So I've already had this request and people have taken me up on that and I've gotten emails and it's helped me find different directions to make sure that I'm offering you what you want to hear. So if you have something I haven't covered, reach out to me at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com and let me know what I can do to help you. Last thing I want to share is about our teacher training. So we are pretty settled, at least for this next year, that we're going to do two online, November and December, and then the next one will be January, February, and then two in person. October, September, sorry, September, October, same thing, and then March and April. And what's been wonderful about that is those that are able to get to New York City and study in person, we have that available. But ever since we've been doing this online for the last couple of years, we have reached people in all the different countries that possibly we could think of. We've had all different time zones and all different considerations. And it's just amazing to think about how this methodology is reaching so many new people. It makes me really, really excited. So if you're interested in our teacher training, also check that out on our website at prenatalyogacenter.com. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Jessica. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Good, Deb. I'm so happy to be here. I've been a fan for a while, so it's nice to listen and be, be a part of it now. Oh, absolutely. And I, I love that we're going to dive into something that a lot of my teacher trainees have a conversation with me about is, can you work with the perinatal community if you haven't had your own child? And I've always said, yes, birth is not required. Heck yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to dive in here. So I guess let's start with, I'd love for you to tell me a little little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, as you mentioned, first and foremost, I'm actually not yet a mom, which is a little bit of a different angle, but one I think that is completely valid and one that's in a way almost, um, a better, more well-rounded perspective because I don't have any preconceived notions of my experience. And the way that I got here um, is a little bit non-traditional as well. So basically, I, I live in New York City and I'm originally from Massachusetts, but I came here because I'm also an actor and voiceover artist. And when I graduated from college, I pretty much had my full mindset on living in the Big Apple. And I did. And I moved here right after I graduated and ended up working a lot regionally in different theaters and then um, was on a national tour 
traveled the country in Canada performing and was literally in my dream space. I mean, just doing exactly what I had always pictured I would want to do. But then simultaneously, simultaneously, I actually um, got really sick and ended up being diagnosed initially with psoriasis. And then after a year uh, following that, got diagnosed with the arthritic part. So I got diagnosed with the autoimmune disease of psoriatic arthritis. And it was extremely severe to the point that I had to um, buy a cane and I couldn't walk. And ultimately, what I had to do was um, go on a medication that made things better in the day-to-day, but in the end, it actually prevented me from starting my motherhood journey whenever I wanted to because the medication that I went on was 100% uh, impossible for me to get pregnant on. And actually, if I were to get pregnant, I would have to have an abortion, no questions asked. So, um, you know, at the time... I was 27 or something and it was no big deal. But then as time went on and I ended up marrying my, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, you know, it was like, okay, we might be ready for this. And I was still being held back by this medication that I was on. And so I ended up just sort of my love of podcasts in general and my love of storytelling I thought, what can I do during this period of waiting to really have a positive mindset and positive focus? And I thought, well, we study everything else in life, but very rarely do we actually study motherhood, pregnancy, and birth. We just kind of fall into it. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, I'll take this time to study. And so I started Mamas in Training, as it's now called. It went under a name change. But I started the podcast Mamas in Training, and I interview women about what they wish they had known during and before pregnancy and birth so that I can learn while I'm in this period of waiting. And anyone who listens who's an aspiring mom or an expecting mom can learn right alongside me. And it's truly, like pun intended, been life-giving for me. It's um, It's been really amazing. I really love that you're doing that. I was actually just having a talk with one of our teachers, uh, Ellen, and she was telling me about how some of the students she's worked with at the, at the center have never been around a baby. We have uh, a yoga in the park and one of the mm-hmm. participants is actually postpartum. She had her baby, but it fits in her schedule. So she comes to the mm-hmm. class with her baby. And we were just saying before mm-hmm. this conversation that someone was due, she's like, I'm doing a week and I've never held a baby. Can I hold your baby? And that just wow. made, I know, it's like, wow. And it just made me think about the mom in training that you're yeah. right. We do put a lot of time and effort into learning many things. You know, if you have to get a, a driver's license, you have to like practice that and you know, you take driving yeah. lessons classes and that here we have somebody was literally doing a week and had never held a baby. So that mm-hmm. just kind of sparked that thought of like, you're right. We, the idea of training, I think is, is absolutely right. And I love that you also talked about showing up without having your own narrative when you're working mm. with people. Cause I actually was in the, I was supporting people in the perinatal community for about 10 years before I had my, my first child. And I think it allowed me one time and more rest, but <laughs> I yeah, didn't absolutely. come, I didn't come with my own, my own narrative. So right. I think, so tell me how How do you feel not having a baby has influenced how you support pregnant folks? 
I think I'm just way more open. You know, I mean, no matter how open we want to be or, or intend to be, you know, there's always what worked best for me, I would think in the back of your mind. And for me, I don't have that, you know? Um, and so I think the biggest thing that I've learned and that I've then shared is the importance of, I like to call it drinking from the fire hose, you know, taking in all the information, whether that's uh, vaginal birth, C-section, breastfeeding, formula feeding, all the different types of sleep, you know, training, not training. Like there's so many different ways that we can do things and there's no right way or wrong way. It's just based off of what's best for you. And because I've never experienced anything and nothing's ever, you know, quote unquote worked for me, mm-hmm. then I, I, I'm just learning it all. And as a result, no matter which way my path goes now, check in with me, you know, in a couple of years, maybe this will be different, <laughs> but I want to say that no, no matter which way it goes, I'll at least have some sort of experience in the back of my mind mm-hmm. that will be brought forward. Like, Oh, well, remember when so-and-so talked about this. And that's what I like to encourage women who are listening to my podcast or, or any podcasts about pregnancy and birth and motherhood. It's like, don't just listen to the breastfeeding episodes because you want to breastfeed, like listen to the formula feeding episodes to learn. Because if you're stuck in that situation, then you're scrounging. Mm-hmm. And, and in other, in other ways, you know, you can be just ready for whatever twists and turns come at you. Yeah. We always tell our students in our yoga classes, don't skip the cesarean parts of the books or the classes thinking, oh, that's not going to happen to me because Absolutely. it could. So absolutely. As you're doing your podcast and as you're in your own, I love it, mom and training, are you noticing <laughs> that you're gravitating towards certain things? Like as you think, you know, someday hoping to have your own family, there are things you're like, Ooh, I'm just going to kind of stick this in the back of my mind. Cause I would like that to be an option or, Ooh, I realized that's not quite my thing. I would, you know, it's really interesting when you say like, Oh, I realize that's not my thing. Cause truly, I don't know if I've come across anything that I'm like, that's not my thing. Um, but I guess I would say what, what it's done is the contrary. It's like opened my eyes up to like, holy crap. When I did episode 71 of the podcast, when we talked about your pelvic floor, I didn't even know what the pelvic floor was and that pelvic floor physios existed. They're the best. And now I, I know say that they're the best. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like literally, and you know, I would never in a million years think what I learned, which was, you know, to go ahead and see a pelvic floor physio now or, yeah. or before I get pregnant or right when I get pregnant so that I have that baseline. Um, or even just knowing things like, we did an episode on finding your provider and knowing that there are questions that you can ask a provider. You know, first of all, you don't have to stick with your OBG if, you know, that you've been seeing since you were 18. Mm-hmm. You might want to find another OB who doesn't do gynecology or or maybe that a works midwife. a little bit better with you. Exactly. Or a midwife or look at someone, you know, doing, doing a home birth or a birth center. Like there are so many questions I that I didn't know you could ask or that you could say no, things you could say no to. Um, I just thought it was like, you just go with what you go with. So I think what it's done for me is it's 
completely opened my eyes. It's pulled back that curtain so that I see so many possibilities and there's really no one way. There's, there's multiple endless options for so many things. And that's really what's done. I think the most. That's, that's great. Yeah. I was talking to a student who was talking about her decision for an induction and she's mm-hmm. like, do you think that's a good decision? And I said, do you think that's a good decision? She's like, I yes. do. And I said, that's what matters. <laughs> it's, it's that's you. your decision. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the steps you're taking now to help pave the way to become a parent someday? Well, you know, since I've had plenty of time. What I did initially back in 2019 when I decided to get off of the medication is um, I completely changed my diet. So that's number one is that I've really looked at like what I'm putting in my body and also looked at the physical work that I'm doing. Um, You know, I've been taking classes that focus on speaking about the pelvic floor, like your core and how you can actually breathe and work it out so that, you know, you, you help prevent, not prevent because you can't necessarily prevent, but hopefully prevent against, um, as increased diastasis, you know, things like that, that we might not necessarily take the time beforehand, but I'm thinking, well, if I can make my body as strong as possible, my core as strong as possible, learn how to breathe, um, you know, get my mindset right, work with a therapist, eat the right foods. It'll just, not that it's better or anything like that, but just that it'll become more of a habit. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I'm actually pregnant or when I'm postpartum, these things will be part of my routine as opposed to then having, you know, to change everything right when I get that positive pregnancy test. Um, I think that those are kind of the biggest changes for me. So you've done quite a few episodes and you've been doing a fair amount of, I just love that name, mom in training, a fair amount of training to be <laughs> a mama. What has been the most surprising? Like you're with, you're either researching for a guest or you're listening to them speak and you thought, oh my good Lord, I had no idea of X, Y, and Z. Like something that just had you not been in the birth world would have just kind of knocked your socks off. Well, I think for me, let me, let me think for a second. I think for me, while you're thinking, I'll say, mm-hmm. I think it was for me, the pelvic floor, like you talked about earlier. I think that was one of the biggest surprises. And I had been in the birth world for a while until I really started to better understand the pelvic floor and baby's position. And then yeah. I also think I was quite naive about breastfeeding. I was quite naive. Yes. Yes. Well, that was one of the things that I was going to think, going to say, because I interviewed Jada Shapiro from Boober and she kind of blew my mind too, just with the options that you have post birth, you know, as long as everything goes smoothly and everyone's safe and healthy, but you know, the option for requesting a golden hour, requesting skin to skin, um, you know, those different things I never knew were even an option. I think as I think about it, and the reason why it took me a second to think is because there are so many things that (laughs) I wouldn't have known. Um, And every day my mind keeps getting blown with more and more information. But one thing that I think isn't really discussed enough is your partner's participation in in the whole process. 
if you have a partner to go this, go through this with. And I interviewed, you know, usually my episodes are with women who've been there, but I really wanted to get the partner's perspective. And I interviewed, um, a gentleman named Ellie Weinstein, all about the dad's perspective. And he actually suffered a panic attack postpartum. And so that episode, which is number 106, in addition to episode 98, where I chatted um, all about relationships and including your partner from the beginning with Dr. Morgan Cutlip, those two were really eye-opening for me because I think, you know, oftentimes when the birthing person gets pregnant, you're so focused on yourself and what's happening to you, what's going on with your body, what you're going to go through, you know, how you're going to heal. Like there's so many changes happening that it can be really easy to be self-centered, you know, and and not in a selfish way, but just in a obvious way. But our partners could really be dealing with some fears. And if we don't hold space to address those things, you know, it could make our postpartum so much harder or it could make our relationship suffer. And You know, it was actually very interesting because I was just having a conversation with my husband last week after we saw an episode of This Is Us. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he actually admitted to me before we're now even pregnant or having kids that he had a fear of us losing our relationship and our closeness because all of my focus would be on the baby. Mm -hmm. And like, where would he fit in when that time comes? And it, it made me flash back to that episode 98 and that episode 106. Cause I was like, yeah, oh my gosh. You know, had I never ha- opened the space up for him to tell me these things, he could silently be fearing this mm-hmm. and then explode in the future, you know, or break down. Um, or just like so retreat I, and never, and then feel retreat. like a distance. Exactly. And then you're kind of wondering like, what's going on between us? Why, you know, it could be so many things. Um, so I think that was really the biggest eye opening point for me is like really take that time and allow that space to have conversations with your partner, not just about what you're going through or will go through. Cause we can do this as aspiring moms too, you know? Um, but really ask them, what are they fearing? What are they thinking? Um, what kind of concerns do they have and making sure that that's addressed as well? Oh, that's a really great topic. In fact, that makes me think I should do a podcast on that as well. I really <laughs> exactly. like that one. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the judgment that I know I have felt before I was a parent working in the perinatal world. We're going to come back to that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So before I had my kids, at least my first one, I felt judgment and I had people outward, outright say to me like, oh, you know, you're not a real prenatal teacher. I actually remember a friend clearly telling me that. He's like, cause you haven't been there. And then I had people not hire me as a doula because they're like, well, you don't know what it's like to give birth. And I felt a lot of judgment. And I think because of that, my personalities. Like if you tell me I'm not doing something well or I can't do something, I'll actually just go harder into it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the Scorpio in me. I'm like, like, I will sting you back. And so I think feeling that it made me dive deeper. I'm like, well, I'm going to become a doula and I'm going to go to births. I'm going to learn about that. And then I became a Lamaze teacher. So it was like, I was just piling on the expert partly as like, I do know this, you'll see. And then partly because I did feel slightly like, do I know this? And so there was, there was definitely judgment and I know it's passed over for jobs. So what would you say to the birth workers out there that want to get into this parenting world like you have, but are not parents? How would you, how would you help them realize that they can do it without having had a baby? I think it's, I think it's more so a matter of shining a light on the benefits um, and not necessarily, you know, trying to change the conversation. I mean, that's like a bigger thing that we need to do, but like, instead of saying, well, yeah, I haven't had a, a baby, so I haven't experienced. It's like, instead kind of, as you touched on before, well, you know what? I, I'm able to get eight hours of sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, um, I have an open, experience of, you know, as I mentioned, no preconceived notions. I don't think that one thing is better than another because I haven't experienced it, but I can tell you from all of these women that I've talked to or all these women that I've helped in this way that this is what worked for them. Um, so I think it's shining a light on the benefits and really making sure that people just see your passion. You know, it's like, I think we get really personalized when it comes down to birth and pregnancy and motherhood because it's such a vulnerable thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Hey, even if we're talking about like a financial person, like if you go ahead and you find someone to be your, your mortgage broker, or you find someone to be your financial planner, yeah, you might look for somebody who has some experience, but you don't know what their bank account looks like. <laughs> like, you don't know what what they've done, how they've messed up, you know, and just because it's a staple that we have on us, maybe that we are not currently holding a baby, you know, in our arms at home, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can't have such, such a great experience. And I think it really just comes down to vulnerability too, and just being open. And instead of pushing back, just kind of being like, 
I hear you. And, and that might not work for you. And if it doesn't work for you, that is so good. That's, that's your, your option. That's your opinion. Great. But I will let you know that if you work with me or if you listen to me or if you, you know, check out my podcast, I am here for you. I'm passionate about this and I will do everything in my power to make sure I get you the answers, get you supported because you're my only focus. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what's so interesting is when I did have these conversations with clients or again, maybe some of it was in my, I felt it deeper cause I was insecure about something, but never once did I question them and I wanted to, but I didn't, I kind of held my tongue, but some, many of them had male care providers. And for whatever reason, right. I felt held to a different level. Like my experience of not having a baby warranted me in certain people's eyes, not everybody, but in certain people's eyes that I couldn't support them as a doula, but yet they could have a, a male care provider. Who's so never, yeah, yeah never and, given birth. And I feel like, you know, and, and never will, you know, so exactly. it's, um, it was just very interesting. The different standards that I think sometimes, uh, support people in the perinatal world might be, uh, held to. Yeah. I think that it's exactly that, you know, shining the light on, on the other things. It's like, it's almost comical when you bring up something like that. I mean, it's from the beginning of time, you know, doctors were primarily male, and they were primarily the ones that were birthing our, not birthing our babies, but catching our babies in birth, you know, and we always trusted them. We never thought twice. So why would it be any different? Yeah. I like that you're, that you are shining the light on. Let's, let's change the conversation. One of my favorite teachers at the studio, Jessica is a doula and she's astounding. And we had a bit of a conversation about this as well. And she says, it's not, again, it's not about how many births you've been to, or if you've had your own, it's really about how do you fit with that person? So it could be more about the someone in the perinatal world showing up and just holding the space or really seeing that person or really hearing that person. So mm-hmm. going back to birth is not a requirement. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I asked you what was something that blew your mind, but about through your, through your different episodes, what is something that stands out that you, that makes you extra excited for when, or if you do head into parenthood? Oh, that's a really good question. I think, I think one thing is, um, you know, I, I talk a lot a bit about on the podcast about community and community can take so many different forms. Um, and I, I think oftentimes people think that when they go through this journey into motherhood that, you know, they, they do go through it alone a little bit. It can feel that way and they might have the support of their family or their close friends. But for me, it's the connections that I'm making now and it's the tools that are going to be in my toolbox when that time comes. So I think that's a huge benefit in doing this work ahead of time too, or, you know, just doing this light research, because if I do need a pelvic floor physio, I knew, know who to call. If I do need to create my postpartum plan, I know who to call. If I do need to, you know, get support breastfeeding or formula feeding, I know who to call. Mm -hmm. And it's like very rarely, I think, do we have so many tools in our toolbox like that. And, and instead it's like something will just come up and we'll turn to 
Google and then (laughs) start our search. But the benefit in having a community that you create before you get pregnant or before you give birth is that you have all those necessary tools if things go a certain way. Um, And really the importance of setting up that community and that support beforehand, you know, like even, you know, we were talking about relationships, set up a babysitter and a date on your calendar and call a restaurant and make a dinner reservation for an estimated, you know, one month, two months postpartum, get it in the calendar and have the support of that, of that tool of a, of a babysitter, whoever that might be already ready, already scheduled, you know, get yourself a therapist so that you have that support and that tool. Um, and so I think for me, it's really, I'm so excited to just see how my community that I've been developing over the past two and a half years is really just going to continue to blossom, blossom open when I need them. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. We talk a lot about that in teacher training that we have been building PYC is going to be 20 years old this August, which wow, is bonkers. That's crazy. And we, t- we've been building our resource list and our community for that amount of time. So that when students say, you know, I'm having tailbone pain, I was like, pelvic floor PT and I'll give them a list. We yep. tell our teacher trainees, because now that we're doing this all over on, online, know the people in your community so that you can bring this up to your students, know who the, the perinatal social workers are or therapists know who the lactation consultants are like have that list to give mm-hmm. out. And I, I totally support what you're saying. Like get that list, have it ready. So if, or when you need it, you're not panicking. You know, I remember mm-hmm. very clearly a very panicked 3 a.m. email to my friend, Andrea, who happened to be my <laughs> lactation consultant being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. <laughs> but because I knew who to reach out to, she got back to me within, it was three in the morning. It really was. But so she got back to me by like oh. nine. So she's like, <laughs> and she was at my house by 11. So like, no, oh. but if I didn't have that set up, I yes. could just be shooting in the dark in then yes. not knowing who to reach to. So I a hundred percent support that, have that list. It, I mean, the whole path th- into parenthood through pregnancy, it, being a parent is stressful enough. Like that's a piece that we can have some control over and yeah. know that, okay, whatever happens, I've got my, I've got my support right there. And I also think I always like to talk about um, the importance of like third party community, mm-hmm. because like I mentioned, it's like your your family, of course, they're going to be supportive, your friends, they're going to be supportive, but it's also those people who don't necessarily know you that I think is really nice to have. And it's like a different angle. Yeah. They don't have any preconceived notion. They're on, not emotionally on, you know. involved. Exactly. And so, you know, like with Mamas in Training, we have a Facebook group, Mamas in Training, that anybody is more than welcome to join. And something like a Facebook group, something like, um, you know, a, a birth group, maybe you all gave birth within a certain amount of time and you meet, whether it's online or in person in your neighborhood, finding those kinds of places to get that third party support, pop in a question in a Facebook group, or if you're meeting up with other people, you know, what I really like to remind everybody, if you're if you're in some sort of a group, it kind of shines, it kind of shines a light on 
what you might be going through. So like, say you're a part of a, um, postpartum group and you're feeling really great. You might go to this postpartum group and you might see that other people are, you know, even better than what you're going through. And maybe you're like, wait a minute, I thought I was feeling really great, but these intrusive thoughts aren't normal. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I need to get some more support or maybe you're not feeling that great, but then you go to this postpartum group and they shine a light on the fact that they're really struggling in much different ways. And you're like, Oh, I'm actually doing better than I thought. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a barometer, yeah, you know? So having those third party groups and community support, I think are really good too. For those reasons. I think so too. Okay. We're going to take another break. When we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new or expecting parents, as well as those who are supporting new and expecting parents? We'll be right back. Okay. So we're back. So what would you like to leave us with? Hmm. We've touched on so many different things. Community is so important. Drinking from the fire hose is so important. I think what I'd like to leave with is just the importance, too, of not forgetting about yourself. Mm-hmm. I think so often, and this even goes into someone who's supporting a birthing community, you know, we often are very selfless when when we're becoming mothers or we're supporting people who are becoming mothers, and that's an amazing trait to have, but we can't forget about who we are and what we need at the core. And so often, you know, when we become moms, we have this tiny little human that we need to take care of. Now we have a partner maybe who's going through things, but we do need to make sure that we schedule in time that we advocate for ourselves to, to make opportunities where we really have time to, to focus back on who we are at the core And I know that that can change and will change and shift as you become a mom. It'll kind of burst open and your world will probably be rattled. But we always need to shine back to like, what makes you, what song do you love singing aloud to in the car when no one's listening? You know, and it's like maybe setting up a date where you have 20 minutes without your baby, your new baby, or without the work of stress when you're pregnant to go for a drive in your car, roll down the windows and just sing at the top of your lungs. Cause that'll just kind of bring you back to like who you are, um, and what makes you tick. And then in the end, you'll be able to be a better partner, a better mother and a better friend, um, when you're connected back to yourself. And one really great way that I learned how to do this is all about focusing on time too. I know like time goes out the window and managing time is just seems impossible when we're expecting or then we, when we have a newborn. But, um, I interviewed Anna Dearman Cornick. She's a time management coach and she's absolutely brilliant. And in episode 112, she talked about managing your time in each of the five trimesters, the fifth trimester being going back to work or your partner going back to work. And it was really eye opening to me. You know, we think that this period in our life really just has to take over our whole existence. But if we're able to manage our time using different tools like time blocking or, um, 
you know, different things like that to really focus our, our energy and intentionally take that time to go for a drive and, and blast our music, we'll always be able to kind of connect back to who we are at the core. So I think, yeah. I agree with that. And you totally put a smile on my face about singing at the top of your lungs. I too. Everyone has their song. (laughs) I came from a performing arts background as well. And I gave up trying to sing quietly to myself. I now am just in the kitchen and I put Pandora on, on of course show tunes. And my kids just see me like singing and dancing. Like that is what they're growing up with. And I used to be kind of like a little more reserved and kind of did it when I didn't think anyone was looking. I gave that up. Like, oh, yeah. and they out the window, out the window, like we have full on like Fosse shows going on. And like my son Love has it. a Hamilton, my child, <laughs> they're like, Oh, there's mom doing her thing. So I just wanted to say, thank you for putting a smile on my face because, and, and also just highlighting that when we can be authentic to ourselves, I think it's a gift to when we, when people do have children to, yes. to invite them to yes, embrace. What a great example. Yeah. Because I'm sure they, they think I'm bonkers, but that's okay because that's hopefully going to inspire yes. them. Be who you are and don't be, Absolutely. don't, don't apologize for it. So 100%. where can people find your work? Yeah. Well, you can find the podcast on any podcast app that you listen on and it's mamas in training. That's M A M A S in training. You can also check it out on the website, mamas You can connect with me, um, through our Facebook community that I mentioned, just mamas in training. And then on Instagram, I love to connect on there too. Mamas in training pod P O D. Um, and I love to connect with women and support you. And if there's something that you don't feel like is being addressed or there's a topic that you want to learn more about, I like to encourage people to to check out the episodes, see if there's one there, but send me a message because if I have covered it, I'll direct you to the right episode. But if I haven't, I'll try to find the expert to cover it. Mm, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really thank enjoyed you. our conversation. Same. This was such a pleasure. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.